there's been about, I think, four themes since the beginning of the year, but we've been stuck on this theme that, that the Lord's told us, I've given you salvation, the power of the Holy Spirit, it resides in you, and, and not to be smart alecky, but but what's your problem? In other words, with the salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can do all things through Christ Jesus that gives us strength. We can get through whatever. And we talked about on on the words that were preached to the lake, on on being under the umbrella. We need to be um, under the umbrella of God. And and whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers rivers of living water. So when we place ourselves under that uh, that presence and anointing of God, we're going to see a move of God in our life. It's guaranteed when you place place yourself, position yourself in God, you're going to get touched. No two ways about it. But the key to that is another thing we preached on, that we got to surrender. And so many times it's hard to surrender and allow God to move in our lives. Uh, when we surrender, a lot of times we got to give up something to be able to allow God to do what he wants to do in our life. And, and, and we don't have to, but we know that that roadblock's there, but we just don't want to do it. But man, when we do, there's such a move of the Lord on our life. But we base that on Matthew six thirty three. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added to you. Then we focused on righteousness, and we talked about righteousness means keeping a straight course, listening to advice, and maintaining purity in our thoughts. It means responding to people with prayer, love, and just in a Christ-like attitude. And righteousness is key in staying in the presence and surrendering and, and walking under that covering, that umbrella of God. Uh, last week we talked about that we need to listen to God to be effective. And, and with the title was, Listen to Me. Christ wants us to listen to Him and that we can continue and stay on the path. In other words, our life doesn't have to be like a roller coaster. We can stay steady in the Lord by listening to Him. And so we talked about that last week. But the Lord really hit me today with, with not forgetting who we are and the reasons, or one of the main reasons we do this. One of the main reasons we stay under the umbrella, we surrender, we walk in righteousness, we listen to Him, is so that we can experience the totality of Him, but not only us, but we can bring others into that. And, and to be honest with you, I didn't know until I hit the pulpit today how the Lord was going to head and what He was going to do today. But, but He wanted us to be reminded of what He's called us to do. And so I went back and I looked at, at Oakton's mission statement. Uh, who can tell me what Oakton's mission statement is? Anybody? What is it? Does everybody agree with that? Am I hearing that? Our mission statement is go, save, disciple, sin. To go north, to go south, to go east, to go west. That's what God has called Oakton to do. And guys, a lot of you think that that came about because of me moving here. You're crazy. Uh, this is a dream that Oakton has had for as long as I can remember. Oakton's goal has been to reach the world and they were reaching the world a long time before I even got here. What we did is we pressed into the vision and just implemented even more of what they believed that God called them to do. So we based our mission statement on Mark 16, 15. 
And it says, and Jesus said, go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. Believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, they won't be harmed. It won't hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And that's what the signs would follow the believer that would stay under the umbrella of God, that would surrender to God, that would walk into righteousness, that, that would do all that they could to listen to God. And I understand we make mistakes, but we're going to do the best we can to do that. And while we're doing that, we're going to find out that the results are, is we're loving God with all, oh, man, we're in a relationship. We're experiencing the presence of God. But we're also seeing that we're ministering to other people that are around us. And when we are ministering to other people around us and we're flowing in the things of God, you're going to see signs and wonders that follow you. And that's the vision and the vision statement of Oakton. And that's what we believe with all of our heart. Well, the last couple of years, though, we added into the, the, the mission a vision statement. And we stayed with this out of Isaiah 60, verses 1. And it says, Arise. And this is what we're called to do, and, and this is what I'm kind of reminding us, us of today, that we need to continually arise from the depression and, and prostration in which circumstances have kept us. Rise to a new life. We need to stay new and afresh in the things of God. We need to continue to press in to these things that we're talking about. We need to be intentional to be fresh in the Lord. And not to give in and be governed by our life troubles and our life tribulations. You know, I talked to you last week about little brother was here. And he was showing me and we were looking through the book of Acts. About any time that a believer needed the power of God to rise in him. That there was a move of the Holy Spirit immediately after that. You know, they called upon the God. Boom, met the need. A move of the Holy Spirit. Lives were changed. And he's in the process of going through Acts and barking down every time that happened. And it's almost in every chapter. And that's what we need to be in our life, that we need to be fresh in the things of God. We need to arise and shine in the things of God and not again give in to the depression and the prostration of the circum, or, or lay prostate in the circumstances that attack us all the time. In other words, get over those things. We got the salvation. We got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We got the tools that we need to be alive. And then the second part is shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord. And we need to be radiant with the glory of the Lord and shine bright. For the light has come. Jesus has come. His glory, the glory of the Lord is risen and it's upon you. Man, that glory will draw others to Jesus Christ. So when we're pressing into him, we're going to be a magnet to other people around us. When we're pressing into the, the presence of God, people are going to be drawn to that. They're going to want what you have. And so we need to stay fresh in these things. The Lord wanted me to do a history review of Oakton. And if you want to go ahead and pull up that first slide, I want to make something very clear today. The pictures I'm going to show you now is the history of Oakton since it was established. Oakton was established in 1894, I believe. Let me check my notes. But we were established in 1894 
and we're 125 years strong today. And so uh, the, this is the very first church that, that Oakton had. It was the next slide. And, and, and that's where the Lord began to minister to me. And But before I hit that, is I want you to realize that's just a church. You people, or that's just a building. You are the church. The people's the church. So don't run out of here today saying Kent showed a bunch of buildings. No, I'm showing you the people. I don't have pictures of the people that were in that building that day. And so I'm trying to make a point here. The Holy Spirit is. But people make up the church. We went into VBS last Thursday night in Lamar at the park. And we had 150 people. We had church in the park. There was no building. There was no structure. The church was you guys. Last Thursday night, we met at Oakton Carthage and, and had our VBS party at the park. Several people showed up to that. We had church there that night, not in the building. So I wanted to clear that up to begin with. But this is the very first church that, was, that, that Oakton had that, to our knowledge in 1894. Uh, the old foundation, you can see a little bit to the north of the, the old church up here, what you would think is the old church. But what caught my eye, and the reason I believe the Lord wanted me to show you these pictures, was this morning when I was going over the slideshow, look in the background, what do you see? Another church. In 1894, when the church was established, I don't know when this picture was taken, but there was another church in Oakton in the background which is now the cemetery. Across the street over here, by Howard's little dome shed, was the Oakton School, where my mother attended, and my dad attended down at Rose Branch, which is down the road, four miles. Walter, did you attend the Oakton Church, or the school across the road? On the corner over here, you went to Rose Branch with Dad, I got you. So the Diggses went up here. The smart ones went to Rose Branch. Yeah, okay. Is that what, Mike, what do you think? You disagree? He thinks it's Oakton. Okay. Because Mike's family come from this church, this school across the road. The Garfields come from that. And we'll argue that another day. But, but on the corner up there, there's the old general store. And, and you can see it's fallen in on itself. You see that the school's gone over there. We do have a piece of the board of the school. And, and Amy's got a little mountain in her house that she has all of her hats on where we took a piece of that board and we put nails in it. It's a little fancy deal. But that's all that's left of that school. Where Amy's house is on the corner used to be the blacksmith store. People call me all the time and want to come up and look at my yard and, and, and do the magnet thing. Uh, me and uh, or uh, steel thing locating. Uh, we've pulled the lid off the cistern outside the, the house. And I want to crawl down in there, guys. I think there's some goodies down in there. It's beautiful how that was built. And, and that's one of my goals is to get down in there. But, but do a little lunkin' if those know what I'm talking about. But that blacksmith doesn't exist anymore. So, so Wilma's sister was a teacher and taught my mother. So they had to be smart then, right? Yeah, okay. We're moving the case towards the Diggses now. And McKibbins. Dad, you're losing ground. You're going to have to. Yes, we got Crockett's. Went down to Rosebrands. Am I right? Jerry, you went down to Rosebrands. So we're, we're swaying a little bit. But anyway, the, but what I'm trying to establish is that, that, guys, none of this was even on my mind until this morning. 
But when I looked at that picture and I looked in the background, this church is all that still exists today. That's still going strong today. And it's because they had a mission and a vision for the gospel. They had a mission for the Lord to go out in his power and authority and change life and change lives of others. They didn't listen to what other people around them said. They didn't care what other people said. They believed that God called them with a mission out in the middle of nowhere to win people to Jesus Christ. Not trying to be smart. Not trying to be ignorant with this conversation today. But to showing you that Christ will back up what he calls you to do. And he is with us. He has guided and directed us. So instead of dying, we grew. And that's the choice that we have as believers every day. That we can arise and shine. We can get up out of our prostate depression and say we're going to live for Jesus no matter what. And we're going to be a light to this world no matter what goes on around us. And guys, this should be an example to you that it can happen. Amen? So over the years, we see that as these others would die off, go to the next slide. Oakton grew and built this church. And I want to get with some of you old timers and find out exactly, because we need to get this documented. So we built the church where the children's church is now. And then the next slide, we added on to that church. And and this is the, you know, uh, I remember this church probably more than the other. The slide before, I can remember the little pillars in the front yard. Uh, Doug and Terry Garfield and Rick Morgan and my brother and all of us, we used to wrestle out in front of them every Sunday. Every Sunday night, we was wrestling. And I got spanking my got home for grass stains. But, but we hang out. We had a good time out there. But you can see the church growing. Uh, the nativity scene was in the, the, all, the choir team would sing in the corner up here on, the, on this right side why the nativity went on. That was the choir. There wasn't music. So you can see growth going. And then the next slide. You see, we added on this edition in 1999. And then the next slide, we added on the, the whole edition that we see here at Oakton. And again, I'm not talking about a building. We couldn't have done any of this without the people. In other words, the people got excited about the things of God. If I would have known we was heading this way today, I could have put a graph up that showed us go from a church less than 100 to a church that peaked at 507 people. That's why the building size changed because people got excited about who they were in Jesus Christ. They arise, they shined, and they, they let it go and they let it rip and told people about Jesus Christ. The next slide. That was the first time, the first step we went to, to Oakton Carthage there. And, and man, I, I was so excited that day when we took the bus down there. Because if I remember, we counted right, we had 90 people that, that agreed and voted for that charge conference. It was the biggest charge conference we ever had. And, and 90 people voted to, to take this outreach on. And again, arise, shine, let your lights just shine to the world. And, and we did this, and I believe 2010 probably occupied it in October. Again, I need to get these dates down. The Lord moved in it and moved in it, and especially on the Spanish side. 
And the Spanish side grew to the point that, that I can remember Brian Meske would, we'd call him to bring chairs down from Central. And any events that we did together, uh, I would ask him to bring chairs down. I can remember just the same in the old church. When I was up in the old church and we were, before we built this, I can remember having meetings and saying, you know, some of us need to set outside so people can set in the sanctuary. We were doing the same thing at Carthage. People were volunteering to set outside so that people could set in the sanctuary. Whoo! Are we doing our work today, guys? Arise from your prostate position and depression and dependency on this world and shine for Jesus Christ. But I can remember people choosing to go out and, and set outside. And eventually yielding Oakton Carthage Sundays to the Spanish, but continuing the Thursday nights. And then the next step, I can remember the day that, that you guys closed the deal on this. Because I was out of town and couldn't do it, you guys moved in the day I was gone. And we moved in and occupied Oakton Carthage that we have today. Again, in, in, in a month's period, paid cash for this building. In a month's period, occupied this, or in a, in a short time there, God blessed us. And again, it's not the building. It's the people. The people grew and, 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 and loved on God, and, and we had to move. We had to go forward. Arise, shine, that your light may come. You know, what really, really got me on all this is if you look over in Matthew 16, 15, when Peter finally, and I don't believe in coincidence, uh, when Mark 16, 15 through 20 is the mission statement, go into all the world, but Matthew 16, uh, 15 through 20, it was talking about Peter. Once Peter finally recognized that Jesus was the Christ, there was a move of God on his life. Once he finally realized that, that Jesus was the Christ, there was a move of God on his life. I said it again. Because we need to get a hold of that. When Peter did that, Jesus then speaks back to him. He says to Peter, So let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin and I'm reading the wrong scripture. It was back up. Matthew 16, 15, he says, That was a good one though, I want to go back to it. But Matthew 16, 15, he said to them, but, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. So once he realized who God was, once he recognized the spirit, salvation, the spirit starting to work. And I tell you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not stand against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And that's what I'm trying to point, I'm trying to stress with us today. When we realize the mission that God's called us to do, when we get under that umbrella, when we get under that surrendering mode, when we get under that righteous mode, and we're going to talk about it if I have time later, and we're going to get under that, that listening mode, God's going to move in our life because we're going to recognize Him. And when we do, Satan don't have a chance. 
And you can say to Satan, get thee behind me, and he's going to scatter. And that's a scripture I just read already. But I want to read it again. Because Satan's done all he can to throw all hell against each and every one of you in this room. Satan's done all he can to throw all hell against Oakton Church like never before. I've seen God or Satan come against this body before. Over and over in my lifetime, guys, I was born and raised at Oakton, if you didn't know. And I'm 50-some years old. I had a kid at the pool the other day said I was 30. He's my best friend now. <laughs> but 50-some but years, I've seen the ups and downs. Satan realizes what God is trying to do here, and he's going to throw all hell against it however he can. And he'll start by doing it in your own lives, your personal life. He'll get you preoccupied where you can't focus on church. And that's what the theme in Isaiah 60 is. Arise from the prostrate and the depression that tangles you up, as we talked about two weeks ago. Get the weights off that so easily entangle you. Kick the sin off that's got you held down and run the race. But we need to press into him. We need to press into God because when we're there, Satan can't touch us. And what I was reading before and I messed up was is that, that so many times I quote the scripture, James 4, 7, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he has to flee. And we don't really get a hold of what that's saying, but, but we're taking a defense, if you will. We're hunkering down. We're, we're saying no more to Satan, and we're getting settled in so that we can go on the offense. Uh, submitting to God is releasing yourself to the Lord. But I'm going to read it to you out of the message today, James 4, 7. Because to me, it really says it well. It says, so let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master It's the only way you'll get on your feet. It's the only way. It's to go to the Lord. God has called us, and we can't settle. We got to move out. And let's go back to that picture. Today, the charge or the Tuesday charge conference is because of Golden City. We were uh, ministering in this church years ago, and they told us if it, they ever closed their doors that they would give it to us. And, and they want to give it to us. No monies. It's just ours. And next slide is a picture of the sanctuary. The board voted the other day to go ahead and, and take it on and see what happens. The contract with them is that We hang on to it at least 18 months, and if we can make it go, fine. If we can't, sell it after 18 months. The next slide is the picture of the the heating exchangers down in the basement. I don't know at this time what God's got going over there. I don't know who's going to man it. I don't know how we're going to do any of it. 
But I think God's given us an opportunity. And I was thinking the other day that, and my wife, guys, every bit of this, I have not got into the sermon yet. The Lord just told me to put this slideshow together, and I was holding, heading a totally different direction. And my wife texted me this morning, or I don't know, she may have been talking to me, but that sounded bad, didn't it? <laughs> but we were talking, yes. But, but I thought to myself, she sent me this. Yesterday, we were celebrating been on the moon for however many years it was, 50. And I'm trying to gather my thoughts here because I got to keep a happy wife, you know. But, uh, yeah. But, but anyway, I heard on the news people saying, even the wrestling guy was saying that never happened. You know, and people denied that we even been on the moon. And you guys also deny that Christ ever existed too. And we arise and shine despite what people say. We believe that people are on the moon and we believe that Jesus is the son of God. But something I didn't know is that Karen sent me, and, and, and this has been confirmed. I had Mike Kelly check it out for me first service. But when, I think it was Bud Aldridge had got off, he said, I'd like to take the opportunity while he's standing on the moon, and I think we got a picture maybe, to ask every person listening in, whoever and wherever they may be, to pause for a moment and contemplate the events of the past few hours and to give thanks. This is what went over all of our TVs. Then he turned the radio off, had communion, and read aloud from the Word of God, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He read that. He went on to say he had planned to read the scripture and passage on the radio back to earth. But at the last minute, NASA requested he not do it. They were in a legal battle with Madeline Murray O'Hara over the Apollo 8 crew crew reading from Genesis while orbiting the moon at Christmas. Even in 1969, the forces of secularism were trying to trample on religious freedom. Aldrin documented, docu- documented the most or the importance of it in his Guidepost magazine saying, get this, guys, and this is what I want us to get. This is what I want you to hear. The very first liquid ever poured on the moon and the very first food ever eaten there were the common communion elements. It is very comforting to know that there is literally nowhere that is so far away, that is beyond God's reach or His presence, even the moon. Thank you to these explorers. (coughs) So I say to you today, why not shoot the moon? Why not shoot the moon? Why not believe that Oakton could have a church 
on the moon someday if Christ didn't come back? Why not? Is God not big enough? But you say, you're crazy, pastor. Why not? Why not? Why can't we go north, south, east, and west? You know, I get a lot of things thrown at me. The biggest thing is money. What the Lord really hit me is the ones that are really focusing on that. Maybe God's challenging you to give towards that. Or the ones that are saying we don't have the pastors or the people. Maybe God's saying to you, step up and help do that. When are we going to realize that we're here to build the kingdom of God and not our kingdoms? We spend thousands of dollars on things that, that, that we like to do, but won't spend thousands of dollars on the kingdom of God. Sean Maryberry posted last night, and I thought he was home, but Leslie said he's still on the road. But he was talking about the Troy Boy community-wide unification, if you will. But he said, what if every day was like Troy Boy Day in our community? We could change the world. It is time to love each other so much that we celebrate together and feel each other's pain together. My greatest wish is that all would come to know that Jesus is King and Lord and personal Savior. The greatest of revivals have started small, just like our amazing but small community. Is it just me that believers believe that insignificant Lamar could change the world? And I added in there, we are. But don't worry, I've already been told by many that I am dumb, uninformed, overly optimistic, etc., etc. Why not? But I wanted to update on the direction of where we're heading. And a lot of you have been asking... And so Oakton Central, I'll be focusing on Oakton Central. The main focus that I believe the Lord has put on my heart is a leadership class. If you're interested in preaching, teaching, care team leader, lay leader, praise team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you're interested in this job, if you're interested in working at the church, or we may be interested in you working at the church, I would like for you to attend this class. And, and I'm going to just pour into you as much as I can. And we're going to gear up to move into phase four, if you will, and build God's kingdom starting here and branching out. I've already met with the laity that you see up here each week, Nick, uh, Teresa, Jojo, Jim, uh, Joe is, in, is part of that, and then Jennifer Ray come out. And we opened that for anybody that wanted to come. 
And that's who came out. And, and Jim and I's idea is, and the, and the pastor staffs, we need more eyes and ears. The laity person was designed for a church of 40 or 50 people that represents you. And so we're wanting more eyes and ears out there that know what's going on. And, and I've called them to lots of things. I've asked them to meet with me once a week. Because me and Jim meet about once a week. Just so they know what's going on in the church. So that when you see them, you can ask them questions and they can pour into you even more. But the other thing that we've realized in this time that, that it rattled my world when, when my two best buddies uh, had other opportunities, I thought, man, we're just getting things going again. Man, we need them. And we were forced to go back to laity. And laity has taken on the care ministry. Nicole Ruddick and, and her team is overseeing the drop bags in three misses. And doing a blowout job. Teresa and Angie are, are taking teams out and, me, and visiting the four misses and other people that we need them to do. And they're doing a blowout job, but, but Gary's overseeing that, but we're finding out and, and back, going back and remembering me and dad used to do it that way anyway. But as Pam and Wayne got in the ministry, Mark and Kenda got in the ministry, and all these different ones got in the ministry, the pastors began to pick up the load. And we shouldn't have done that. We need to be laity-driven. And we're going to focus more on being laity-driven. Because when you got skin in the game, you're going to fight for that a little harder. And you're going to be more vested into it. And guys, they're doing a tremendous job. Not taking away from Amy or, or, or Landon either one. I miss them. I do. But this lady's doing a bang-up job. There's others I should have, shouldn't have started mentioning. I know Marilyn is hitting the shut-ins like crazy and probably doing a better job than we were maybe even at that. And so things have been, picked, or been taken care of. On an off note that some have asked about the, the status of the sanctuary floor, we're moving forward. We're, I'd like to, we're right around $3,000 we need to still gain. But we raised the money pretty quick. But we're working on uh, picking a color right now, and the, the team's going to meet with Arturo to, to nail the color down. But, but we're close to having this floor done. And I'd like to see a few more thousand come in for it, but, but we can do it right now. On Oakton Carthage, uh, the vision has always been that Pastor Embar be the site pastor. And, and, and this has forced us into looking at that. And I always tell you a lot of times when, when you're serving God, you just fall into things a lot of times. But if you notice, Embar was speaking to you guys about once a quarter. Well, he kind of stopped doing that because he started speaking once a month at Carthage to the English church. And I went to him the other day and said, Embar, it's time. This is a vision of Oakton. This is what we decided 10 years ago, that you would be the site pastor for Oakton and you would preach both services there just like I do here. And his eyes got about that big. But I'd went around and talked to most of the church down there. And every one of them said that, that you really have to listen. But man, he can preach. But pastor, he loves us. And I thought to myself, if that's what you guys wrote on my tombstone when I left, that would be all I wanted, that you loved me. Or you knew I loved you. 
didn't matter how I preached, you knew that you were cared for. And that's what sealed the deal for me. And so Embar, as of August the 11th, will be preaching the 930 service down there and the 1130 service. The neat thing about that is now, and it's still in the talks, I've got to sit down and talk with Kyle because I haven't had a chance to talk with him, but the praise teams are wanting to merge and play just the same way as we do here. That'd take a huge load off everybody. And we're going to talk about that whenever Embar gets back from vacation. The first week of each month will be Embar's off day. I want him to take a day off where he don't have to preach. And I want to get it that way with me to where I can have a day off once a month where I don't have to worry about the sermon. It's just hard to get anything done when that sermon's in the back of your mind all week. And he chose the first week. My goal is to preach there once a quarter the first week. And then use the laity, again, the ones, Landon, you were at that meeting the other night. I'm sorry I left you out, but Landon's in that rotation. And so uh, working into the rotation of preaching down there. And that's how we're planning on making Carthage or having Carthage go. But it's a vision that we laid out so many years ago. But at Bible school down there, we had 56 different kids that attended Bible school down there. We had 40 kids average a night. What really blessed me was we had 40 different helpers. Uh, We averaged 32 helpers a night. 25 helpers were perfect attendance. We got a strong base at Carthage right now. And, And we had few come from Oakton, but very few came from Central. God has got, we got a strong base down there. The VBS celebration that we had at the, the pool, like you guys celebrated here at the park, we counted up to 130 and we could we lost count. But as I was looking around at the crowd, man, the Lord just came over me. And I was standing by M bar and I said, man, pastor, look at these people. And, and I go, man, I'm about to cry. And he goes, why you cry, pastor? And I goes, it's tears of joy, brother. Because the Lord spoke to me, there was nobody nine years ago. Look at the effect that you have had on this community, Oakton, Carthage. Guys, if you want to even say it, and Gary, correct me if I'm wrong, but but if it wasn't for Oakton, Albania wouldn't exist. Or the people in Oakton. There's a few others that give to that. But, but if you want to get down to it, they wouldn't have a building over there in Albania without you. And I'm sure God would work another way. But you're already going across the world. You're in Liberia. You're in Mozambique. You're in Israel. You're in Burma. You're in the Kansas City. By the way, we got a group going to Kansas City. I'd love to have five more people. Right? At least five more. At least five more. We can go now, we leave a week from today, we'll leave and get back on the second. But we need more helpers. You need to be 16 or older to be able to go to this. But guys, beautiful ministry opportunities. I want that to sink in. I need five more people. And see uh, Kelly Crockett, wave your hand, Kelly. She's overseeing the Kansas City one. But we're not done yet. 
And that's what the Lord had hit me this morning with that very first picture. When I looked in the background and realized nothing in Oakton existed or exists now that is operational now that was when them churches were built originally. The ones that are had a vision and a love for Christ. And that's you. And it's a proven fact. I proved to you through the Old Testament, through the Kings last week, and I challenge you to go back and read it or listen to that message. But I showed you through the Kings that served God compared to the Kings that served didn't. They were prosperous and lived 67% longer than the non-believers. When we get under the umbrella of God, when we continue to surrender to Him, when we live for righteousness, and when we listen to Him, there's going to be a move of God. It's, it's just going to happen. And I think we're doing that. So I'm going to close today with the praise team will come forward with a scripture that I believe the Lord put on my heart. This is what I was preaching today. But Psalms 85, 8 through 13. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is nearest to those who fear him. That glory may dwell in our land. This is the verse I want you to get. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. You want to experience the total love of God? Be faithful. They'll meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. You ever see me and my wife kiss? You want to see us? Well, she left. I already ran my wife off. Does somebody want to come up and kiss me so I can show what I'm talking about? No, I'm kidding. But But when righteousness... When righteousness and peace meet, it's like a kiss. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground, and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make footsteps in his way. You want peace in your life? Walk in righteousness because they kiss each other. And that's the sermon that I was going to preach, but we'll break it down later. You know what I mean? When I used to party and get drunk and be wasted and do stupid things the night before, I woke up depressed, beat up, just devastated the next day. But when I lived for God, I had peace. That's why I gave my life to Jesus because I had peace. Righteousness and peace meet together in a kiss. These altars are open today. I'm going to ask Jim if he'd come up. If any of you need prayer for specific things, I believe the Lord told me to, that we need to pray that if we're battling something, and, you know, it's like I said, we got salvation, the Holy Spirit, let's deal with it. If you want specific prayer for something, I'm going to have Jim pray with me. And, and I want you to come with, to us specifically if you want prayer over a situation. Otherwise, these altars are open. If you're here today and, and need salvation, that's the first key.
But praise team, 